from the Mahayana Buddhist point of view, the difference of uh, being a Mahayana or being a Tarabhadanyana or being a whatever it is, it totally depends on the motivation which makes difference. Dharma, what you practice, it doesn't make that much difference. But individual being, whatever you do, it makes a lot of difference. I don't know whether you heard me or not. In other words, during the earlier period, the question rises, question rises, they said, if somebody giving a little piece of food for a dog, will that be a dharma practice? Yeah, it is, because it's a generosity act. Perhaps you don't have much self-interest in that, unless you try to do some funny things, but normally giving food to a dog or some animal or bird or whatever, uh, some giving food is not so much self-interest, so it is act of generosity, so therefore it is a positive virtuous work. Then whether it is Mahayana practice or Theravadan practice, from the Buddhist point of view only. So it depends if the person has a motivation of a Mahayana influence, then it becomes a Mahayana practice. If the person does not have the motivation of the Mahayana influence, then it becomes non-Mahayana practice. So it is the motivation which makes a lot of difference. It's not what you really do, but it is the why you do it. So that is the important point raised by the earlier Tibetan teachers repeatedly. So we should not overlook that. Today I thought it's better emphasized. Even though we are not doing as a really uh, deep down in the Buddhist practice of those Tuesdays. Particularly we try to talk about individual and it is, it is a Buddhist practice. I mean, there's no way you can say it's not a Buddhist practice. Whatever we're not doing is we're not really doing this Lama said that, this experience this, and except that we don't have much. Otherwise, it is a Buddhist practice. As well talk. So it is always beneficial for us if we have the motivation. So every time, whenever you sit down or hear a prayer, pray, say a mantra, or meditate, or just sit down and sit quietly, try to come the mind like a concentrated meditation, or whatever you do, if you have a motivation, saying that for the benefit of all beings that I would like to do this and that. So whatever you're going to do, if you're going to discuss, listen, talk, all this, all practice, meditate, say mantra, whatever you do, 
from the beginning, if you make the mind, I'm doing this for benefit, all <coughs> beings that can be benefited. It's sort of a very general you can do. Even you, the moment you wake up, in the morning, if you wake up, and actually you should really rejoice that we are found in life rather than found dead. Which very often happens with the people. You should open up your eyes so you should really rejoice what you have seen your life and be happy about it. So rejoice that we are in life and then make the motivation. Say, well, I will not like to waste my time in general all the time and particularly today. And I would like to do this and that and do for the benefit of for beings, whoever we can benefit. From the beginning, if you keep your mind sort of in that manner, it helps to build any good work that we do during the day. So it helps for that. When we're talking about the negative and the positive, I mean, it is the, our mental aspects of it. I don't think we can call it emotions, the non-virtuous thought and virtuous thought, but it is negative thoughts. And what makes is the negative and what makes is the positive. Contaminated and contaminated. What you really mean is, if they bring the delusions again, take it like an anger, for example. If you have an anger, the actual the example is the best for the attachment, but how, however, it's not very comfortable to say that way. Really, it's not comfortable to say. But if you take anger as an example, if you act from the influence of the anger, if that action, particular action, instead of reducing anger, or sort of forget about reducing, but that action, act, whatever you make it, it and it grows, it helps to grow anger more. So if, you, if that happens, that is contaminated. The example really goes on the attachment. Excuse my language, okay? So let's say if attachment influences, and due to the influence of a strong attachment, if the individuals involved in a action which makes the attachment still grow more and making it more stronger, now you know what I mean. So which really makes it uh, contaminated. And uh, there are certain actions, even you involved, it's okay, but you simply, this may be slightly different between the Dharma background and uh, normal life. I don't know. You may involved in a certain action, but that action does not contribute to the growing of attachment. Instead of growing attachment, even it doesn't go against attachment, but it doesn't contribute towards the growing attachment. 
then it is uncontaminated. So um, I try to remember that particular word. It is the Basu Bandhu's text in Abhidhamma Kosha. There is a word, there's sort of four lines there. So these four lines, the two last lines, they talk with the two last noble truth. Like out of four noble truth, two truth, the truth of part and truth of cessation. They goes on that particular, goes with that two last lines. But the meaning behind is whether it's contaminated or uncontaminated is because it helps to grow that particular delusion more. Or it doesn't grow that particular delusion more. That is how, where you look. Whether it's, basically, that is whether it's uncontaminated or contaminated. That's how it looks. Now, the next question I also said I'd like to deal with it is what is a delusion? What do we call it a delusion? I would like, you know, for example, I would like to say, like today, for example, I would like to talk about attachment, anger, hatred. I like the six root delusions. These are the normally what we have it. We always have it very strong with us. These are the activities which, according to the Buddha, which is making us uh, suffering to uh, causing the suffering in our life. Of course, uh, definitely it caused a lot of our emotional problems, very definitely. So I would like to talk about it. What, what we mean by this delusion? What does it really mean? Why we call it attachment a delusion? Why we call it anger a delusion? Why we call it the pride a delusion? Why we call it ignorance a delusion? Why we call it a doubt a delusion? Why we call it wrong view a delusion? So these are the six root delusions that Buddha introduces. Let me repeat once again. Strong, this is important. It is attachment fault number one. Then uh, anger number two, pride number three, ignorance four, doubt five, wrong view. This is six. So the two last one is a purely Buddhist point of view. It's not so much as basically uh, in general, but uh, two last one is. But the first four is we level them as a root of delusions. So what do we mean by delusion? Or some people even translate it as afflictive emotions. So they call that. Anyway, the word in Tibetan is a new mumba. New mumba. And these are the actual thing that we introduce out of four noble truths. We have truth of suffering and through the cause of suffering. When we, when we really point it down to through the cause of suffering, these are the actual the mental aspects that we will look into it. Why we call them a delusion? Why we call them a negative? What it makes is a delusion. What is it? So, the word is a new mumba. 
three words in Tibetan. So what happens is movement that grows within the individual, that a pure part of the pure, clean, and a clear, that, that really lucid part of the mind made impure and unclear and sort of mixed mind. Okay, let's put the other way. What does anger do to the individual? Okay, what does anger do? If you have a sort of a very nice and clean, I use that very often when I talk to the anger anyway. So when you have a very nice good night sleep, maybe for a change, whatever, and uh, you feel rested, you feel good in the morning, and wake up nice, very fresh, and clean, and absolutely lucid mind, and looking forward for the day. And that comes very seldom. I mean, not very often you get it, very seldom. But then if you get somehow irritated and get angry, and what happens to the individual mind? That a clean, clear point of mind has been disrupted. Instead of that clean, clear, sort of looking forward, you've been irritated, and there's no clarity. And I give very often example of like a clean glass of water, with a sort of handful of mud you wash in here, put your finger with a lot of mud in there, then the clear, clear part of that water will become mushy and moody. And uh, that's what happens. Whatever that effect, to give that effect to the individual mind. And those are the mental aspects which give that result are called Afflictive. So, I mean, I've been calling it delusion all the time. I mean, that is what a Nyumumba does to the individual. The word Nyumumba really does that individual. So, any thought that arises, you know, any one of those mental faculties, this is called thoughts, right? All of them are really different thoughts. I'm sort of taking a lot of things that granted. But uh, when you look in your mind, what do you see? You probably see nothing. I mean, the mind itself is not a tangible. It has no shape, no color. It is a kind of aspect within the individual. It has no color, no shape, so you cannot catch it. But it is there. It is functioning with us. We all know that. Right? So I give example, normally, mind is like a clean, sort of a clear lampshade, so which has no color, sort of natural crystal lampshade. That's not a yellow, that's not red, but there's sort of thing there. Don't think of the shape, okay? Because uh, I'm telling there's no shape, no color, so, but don't think about the shape, but think about the color. So the natural lampshade is there. And um, the mind is almost look like that. By natural, it is pure, it is clean, it is clear, 
is good. When we have that natural mind sort of encounter with us, when there's a not other aspects of mind comes in, then uh, this is clean and is clear. It's a good feeling and good, relaxed manner, nice. But then the mind is like that, but then a lot of mental faculties, such as this anger, attachment, all of them, we call, I call that mental faculties. These things make it different. So these things pops up in our mind, certainly comes up by itself, with or without reason. If you get irritation, you get angry, anger pops up. So the moment anger pops up, oh, then it looks like the bulb, right, under the lampshade, is being changed and it becomes like a red colored bulb. So anyway, the red colored bulb been put it up. So then when you look from the outside, the lampshade is look like red lamp shade. Similarly, if you remove the red bulb out and put sort of blue or light green or whatever. That is attachment color anyway. Then when you look at it, that light, lampshade, then it becomes all a blue lampshade. So what's happening is that bulb is reflecting the lampshade. So you can call it red lampshade, or blue lampshade, or yellow lampshade. I mean, if you go and deeply look, then it is clear, but it's not. It is the influence of the bulb. You will see it when you go in there. But if you look from a distance, that's exactly what's happening. Right? That's what happens, right? So what happens is the clean, clear mind is there but when this mental faculty of anger pops up and suddenly it becomes red. So attachment pops up, it becomes sort of light blue or green light, whatever the color is anyway. So that goes up changing. So when the color changes, what happened is the pure, clean part of it is gone. It's not like it becomes beautiful. Don't look from that anger. The clarity has been changed. It is the clean glass of water has now become a mushy and moody. That is exactly effect to the individual. Our clean mind, that clear mind has now becomes disturbed mind. It's not so clear. It's not so pure. So what made that is those mental faculties, those thoughts, they have come up. That made this. So these are the thoughts are called delusion. Or the other words, 
afflicted emotions, they call it, anywhere. So why? Because that has the effect to affect the individual pure, clean mind. Get it? So that's why it is uh, negative. It is the clarity destroys. Similarly, they are positive. There are positive mental faculties that also pops up, just like that of negative. So that affects that mind. Mind becomes more pure, more clean, more sincere. And that's called positive. The reason why we try to, to divide the positive and the negative, or good or bad, whatever you call it, is because of the effect that the individual is getting. So anyway, that's the reason why good and bad, negative and positive, because it's not because it is natural or such a thing, but the effect what the individual is getting. So attachment is one of them bringing bad effect to that mind. Very strong, actually. Then anger, I will count it. Now the question rises, what is attachment? I would like to talk about that a little bit more. So I'd like to go according to the books a little bit, rather than just talking straight away. Here they said, attachment, you either want northern, you say, then Okay. So here they try to tell me this book says says attachment is is something that you're looking for object, whatever it is. It is wealth or whatever. It's something and you really like that very much. And then you sort of become very possessive of it, and you don't want to separate from that. It is almost so strong that your mind is completely stuck into that. Sort of, uh, that sort of makes you completely on it and belong it, and it has to be totally mine, and my, I cannot sort of let it go, sort of very strong holding. And that is basically rough idea, very brief rough idea of what really attachment is. Now there's a very strong question between love and attachment. Is love good? Is attachment good? What is it? Love and attachment, there's a very, very strong question on this. 
And uh, of course, if you don't go in detail, it's very nice, very easy. The pure love is great. Love with the possessiveness is bad. That is attachment. We can dismiss that way too. But if you really look in your own individual mind and look very carefully and say, what is the love we are talking about it? What does that love do? We all say love is great, wonderful, beautiful. No one would like to hear love is terrible, miserable. Nobody would like to say that. Nobody would like to hear about that. Nobody would like to even entertain that. So everybody would like to say love is wonderful, beautiful, great. I mean, it's true. It is wonderful, beautiful, great. But there are certain kind of love is wonderful and beautiful and great. Certain kind of love is very miserable, extremely miserable. And so you have to look with your own mind and sit down and try to divide what is the beautiful part of the love and what is the miserable part of the love. And that needs to think and need to analyze within the individual. Generally, we can say pure love is great. It is the universal love, kindness, and compassion. Wow, wow. But on the other hand, we also have that love. It has to be mine and my only. And if I don't get it, I will make sure no one else get it. That's also part of that miserable love we have. And also, and also the love what we have? Attachment. Okay, now, I should not say love. It is attachment. The attachment and the love is a very, very small difference. The difference is very thin. Where are you going to draw the line between attachment and the love? You have to be thinking about this. Just don't go blind. Well, people do say that. If you are in love, you are blind, right? People say that, true. But really, you shouldn't go blind. One has to be very careful. Think about this contaminated and uncontaminated. And think about the attachment and the love. Think about this, the emotion or the mental faculty. Anyway, the thought that comes up, which affects the principal mind become making it impure or making it pure. And all of them, and uh, you have to think. And try to raise questions, we can discuss. I don't have a ready-made answer for you. If you have come to collect answer, you have come to the wrong place. And, uh, but we raise questions. I like to raise these questions. So that you can think and you can find answer within yourself. And you can discuss this with your friends here and there. And then in the bottom line of this, you have to help yourself. So in order to help yourself, you have to make that 
distinction between. It is a very subtle difference. It's not a gross difference at all. In a very easy way, we can say pure part is great, and uh, this other part, and then we can make two different names. The love is good, attachment is bad. We can say that. We can simply dismiss that. But when it comes within our mind, when it's affected with us, the mind, the faculty that shows up or the emotions that comes up will not easily dismiss as we do. We sort of intentionally say, attachment's bad, love is good. So when that things comes up within mind, it will come in the mixture. Love along with attachment. Attachment along with love. It will come. So the individual mind has to make that distinction within the individual and sort it out by yourself. Pick up the pure part of it. Enjoy it. But destroy the other part. And that is called practice. That is called spiritual practice. When you talk about, you know, in this case, if you, this is a very, very interesting part. If you talk very carefully, when you begin to see the differences, then you can begin to pick up the sexuality and the spiritual thing. It's also, you should not link up before you clear yourself with the attachment and the love. Once you clear that, then you pick up that subject and see how it benefits you. Until that, if you pick up, you will be killing yourself. And attachment is one of the strongest delusions, even more stronger than anger. When you don't all other delusions are like the dust picked up by the duster. The dust, you know, you have this cloth which you clean, right? Duster, right? Duster picks up dust. Doesn't matter how dirty it is. You can just push with a little water and the soap or something, wash it, it becomes clean. But attachment makes difference. It doesn't look like picking up the dust, but it looks like picking up oil. It sort of soaks in that. And uh, so when you just wash with the soap, it will not clear. It will still stuck there. After that, you touch it, it will stuck. Your hand becomes sticky and all this are there. So that was the example given by this book. So that's what it is. So the, the difference is very subtle and there is a need to be found by ourselves. I do not know how to explain it. I do not know how to say what is attachment and what is love. You have to find within you, you will see it. The basis of which you will find is as I mentioned earlier, what makes is delusion, what makes is contaminated. These are the 
the tools that you have, which you can measure, measure within yourself. Our mind, no matter whatever it may be, no matter how difficult it to understand, how difficult it finds, difficult to find, no matter how difficult it may be, but it's absolutely clear to ourselves. Our mind is known to ourselves, nobody else. You know your mind, I know my mind, nobody else knows it. You don't know my mind, I would not know your mind. You know yours, I know mine. So that is our advantage. From that anger, we should look to ourselves, within ourselves. See, which is attachment, which is the love, and try to find the way out. If long, as long as you remain in the sense, sense of attachment, then you will never get out of this, what the Buddha calls the circle of life. You can never get out. You know why? Attachment is glue of samsara. 